Dum Dum Away! Zero, zero, one, one, zero, 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 one, zero, one, zero, one, 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 Welcome to Screen Review Time Warp. I'm Tyson. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And we are back again discussing the past, present, and future of all things TV and movies. Mm. And we've got a bit of a special episode for mm. you today. Yeah, return to form. Yep, that's it. So, <laughs> Not form, return of the year, but you know, yeah. That's it. So we're coming <laughs> yeah. back. First episode of 2018. Mm. And uh, young Zach had a brilliant idea. And we're thinking what we're going to do is we will have a look at, and we're going to bring each of us our top movies of 2017, what mm. we enjoyed. So for we're going to be doing that for our past today. Mm. Yep. And then we will discuss three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri as our present. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move and talk about our most anticipated movies of 2018 mm. for our future. Yes. So for anyone who is unfamiliar with our format, we set this up a bit like a time machine. We talk about something from the past that we are excited about or we've seen again recently or we just want to talk about because we like it. We talk about something from the present, which is a new release that we've seen, and then we look to the future to see about trailers or movie news or TV news, and we discuss that. Mm. So, very good. Without further ado, mm. straight into it. Into yeah. I think we'll just clarify as well. Yes. Best films of 2017 are films that were released in 2017 here in Australia. Yes, that's yes, correct. We are Australian. Yes, not worldwide. Yeah. No. So there for example, I can tell you right now that I have a movie that is most anticipated for twenty eighteen, which was released in twenty seventeen in, in America. America. Through like yeah, all, all the fancy Oscar, Sundance, you know, all the films yeah. that make the film the fest film festival circuits and get released to limited releases. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about a release date within Australia. Just as a bit of a clarification. All yes. right. So go ahead. Starting off. I will start with my favorite movies of 2017. So we've got a list of five each and Top maybe five. a couple of honorable mentions as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start off. Um, I originally ordered these in release date, but I've, uh, I've since decided we might try and do them in order of our favorites. Mm. That uh, would be wise. Which I'm doing a bit on the spot here. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to say that uh, number five for me mm. was... Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, mm. yes. Interesting. Yeah, it was released in October and it's directed by Denis Villeneuve. 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 Yeah. Um, the reason I really like this and why I've put it as a top is because for me, it was just such... Wait, that's your number one? No, 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 no. Oh. oh, sorry. Within the top five. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, number one. Blade Runner. <laughs> number one, Blade Runner. Um, it was very much classic sci-fi and it returned to those themes for me of... Mm. The sci-fi you get in your '80s movies and your um yeah. and the books and things like that about mm. you know what does it mean to be human? Yeah, and just that whole kind of exploration. Mm. So yeah, that was that's number five for me. Mm. Um, number four, I'm going to put Dunkirk. Oh, number four, interesting. Yeah, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm. Um, now I I'll be honest, as I said, I'm making this top five in order of preference on the spot, so. Hold all your criticism. <laughs> but uh, no, Dunkirk, um, for me, it was a real, uh, I don't want to say a masterpiece of filmmaking, but very much a, it was a good, not even an experiment, but an exploration into how to tell a story yeah. using kind of three different timelines mm. and where they kind of interact. Yep. And, and then just its themes of war and the importance of war and the mm. importance of sacrifice and human life yeah. so that one that one and then also chris nolan just knows how to oh knows how to make nailed it on the head yeah, yeah. just everything like the editing the sound design just like oh, when yeah. they're all on the beach mm. and it's just like all muffled and yeah, yeah. brilliant thoroughly mm. recommend if you haven't seen that i highly recommend it mm. yeah um i also feel as well just quick dunkirk Poor Christopher Nolan. I swear he makes these amazing films and every year when he's up for an award it's like that's gonna win best picture or whatever there's always that one movie that's just Better. It was mm. just competing. Yeah. And so he's consistently made like... He hasn't won Best Director yet. No. For any award. But he's been nominated. For like Golden Globe or Oscar. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. But he's been... I think he's been nominated a number of times. He has, yeah. And he's just... He's always just pipped at the post. And I mm. feel so sorry for him because yeah, he's definitely. so deserving. He yeah. Is of that. Very deserving. Anyway, that was number four. Number three, I am going to put uh, Wonder Woman. Interesting. That was number three? That's number three. Nice. Um, 
really the I mean these these are all very close together, especially these top three. But Wonder Woman, uh, released in June, directed by Patty Jenkins. Mm. Um, I really liked it because it was a fresh look at a superhero genre. Yeah. Okay. In like I mean it's not that not necessarily anything about the film story was a fresh look, but the approach to it with a um female director and a female star telling mm. telling a story about feminism and mm. and all that. It was it was very fresh. I think it was very mm-hmm. well made. Yep. Um and yeah, I really enjoyed the acting and editing and story and everything yeah. like that. It was, I agree. It was I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with number two. So am I. Especially I- considering Chris Pine is Spoiler going to be in it. Yeah. It'll be a flashback. Yeah. Flashback. A prolonged or flashback for the entire <laughs> A force ghost. A force ghost. <laughs> a ghostly apparition coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, that leads me to my number two. Number two. Mm, number two is Star Wars, episode eight, yeah. The Last okay. Jedi. Mm. So good. Very good. As if you haven't heard our in-depth discussion, we did this in just the last episode. Yep. Episode yep. ten. Mm. Um with special guest Gavin. Mm. And My friend. Zach's friend. Zach's friend. Yep. So Star Wars was just released in December. It was written and directed by Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. to mostly critical praise. Yeah. I'd um, say critical praise, definitely. Critical yep. praise. There is a lot of people online who aren't fan, sorry. Fan was, fan was divided. Yeah. Yep. But I, I loved it. I thought mm. it was... I thought it hit a... Well, I mean, obviously you can hear our in-depth, in-depth review in the last episode, but mm. I thought it just it hit everything very well. And yes, mm. okay, we might have one or two criticisms, but overall... Overall, it was. I think it was one of we the most. We were all very happy. Yes, mm. yeah. and I think it's one of the most enjoyable Star Wars I've yeah. ever watched. Yeah, mm. I agree. Now, finally, number one. Here it is. Here Uno. We go. Uno. And again, these are all very close. So yeah, I'm going to say Logan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Flip. Totally. Logan. And wholeheartedly agree. It was released in March here in Australia. It was written and directed by James Mangold. Sorry. It explores the um, it explores uh, Hugh Jackman's um, final crusade. Final crusade. Yeah, his um, representation of Wolverine. Yep. From the X Men series, and what happens when he's been alive for half a century? Uh, sorry, half half a millennium. Yeah. And as his body is deteriorating and what happens when mutants have kind of all died out and mm. Professor X is kind of a bit of a... Nuclear weapon. Nuclear weapon. And, and has dementia. Yeah, and has dementia and what that kind of... And that whole exploration into a world that's slightly in the future. Mm. But but the other thing is it also comments on... Pass. Not only the superhero genre, but the X-Men genre mm. in a meta way where yeah. you know he has like the comics and he talks about how... You know, it wasn't always, it's not all true and it didn't all happen like this. And yeah. just, I think the exploration to that grizzled older character and what it means to have lived a life that he has lived. Well, he would have lived through it all. Yeah. And he will remember it all. Exactly. And I, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I yeah. thought, again, like Wonder Woman, it was a fresh take on the superhero genre mm. yeah. in such a welcome way. And I think mm. it was very, very well done. And that is why I'm putting it as my number one for 2017. Yeah. Very Western. Couple of honourable mentions, or actually just one that I can think of off the top of my head, is um, Thor Ragnarok. Yep, of course. Yep. That was the other one I was going to... Was, it was a bit of a toss-up, but yeah. Yep. So anyway, so just again, that was... Uh, I'm going to get this slightly wrong. I think I said Blade Runner 2049, yep. Dunkirk, yep. Wonder Woman, yep. Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Logan. Mm. Yep. Zach, what have you got for us Alrighty. from 2017? I'll start with my list, then I'll... Actually, no, I'll do my honourable mentions first. I'll switch it up. Good move. Switch it up. Okay. Switch it up. Honorable mentions, just listing these by name. It, Lego Batman movie. No. Yes. I that watched it again the other night as watch well. Watch it. It's yeah. so funny. Even if you're an adult, it's the best. It's the best superhero comedy. You want to get since, nuts? Let's get nuts. It's Deadpool. Um, so good. Honorable mentions, Logan, um, Call Me By Your Name, um, Oscar film that came out at the end of this year, mm. um, Thor Ragnarok, Star Wars, 7, um, Star Wars 8, and Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. This is so interesting. Pretty much most of mine were on your just honorable mentions. Yeah. So I'm interested right. to hear your list. Go. Number five. Tyson's going to love this one. The Disaster Artist. Oh, get out. <laughs> okay. Haven't, haven't seen it yet. I do want to see it. But okay. No, no, no. Yeah, here's here's my reasoning. Okay. So if you don't know, The Disaster Artist is essentially about the making of the best, worst movie ever, The Room. Yeah. This film so easily could have just been a spoof. Like I would the just making call it the of. The worst movie. But... <laughs> the Room. No, no, keep going, the Room. Sorry. Yeah. 
it's, it could have easily just been the making of all the best bad bits of the room. Yeah. But it's honestly so much more than that. At its heart, this story is about two people trying to make it in Hollywood as filmmakers, as artists. They didn't have a lot of skill in it, I'll admit that. But there were two people who just wanted to pursue their dream and would stop yeah. at nothing to really get that done. And you really start to empathize, particularly with Tommy Wiseau, who's played brilliantly by James Franco. This guy who just, when he releases this film, the world just comes crashing down on him and just mm. totally obliterates it to the point where he just has to take a step back and he has to like reflect. And, you know, it's just, yeah, very, it really hits home, especially when, you know, the room is, you know, on the internet when people watch it for the first time, they just laugh at it because it's yeah. so hilariously bad and that's its appeal, mm. no doubt. And you kind of almost feel a little bit bad for laughing at it because you see, I know it's a piece of fiction, but you're seeing his reaction to the premiere. It's just, yeah, it's pretty, it's heartbreaking. Oh, you mean laughing at the disaster artist? No, 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 no the room. Okay, okay. The room. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. original film, they laughed at it, but yeah. if you look back, at it, everyone's seen it. Mm. So he's had some sort of mm. success if you he want has. to look at it through mm. a weird spectrum. That yeah. being said, like I know I give you heaps of rubbish for yeah, this, do. but yeah. I, I don't have know how a... you can give him rubbish for that. You like Hudson Hawk. Yeah, it's true. I was just going <laughs> to talk about that because <laughs> that is an amazing movie. <laughs> anyway, um, I have heard amazing things about The Disaster Artist specifically, yeah. about yeah. how its look into uh, the creation of this is mm. very, very well created it's very of yeah so it's the, yeah. the right story plus it's actually quite funny as well it's got some good bits of humor in there lots of cameos yeah um and i think we can all connect with it because i'm sure we all want to make our dreams a reality and that's yeah. simply what tommy wiseau wanted to do mm. number four baby driver Ooh. they call me baby driver okay so this is a this film i described to people to recommend who i recommend it to as a true a sensory experience yeah this film, it blends, I think, fast-paced, cutthroat action with a great soundtrack. And I think what takes center stage here is actually the action itself, yeah. not the story. The story here is okay. It's not the best that Edgar Wright's written um, by any chances, which Edgar Wright, of course, um, wrote and directed this. But the, the way he spices up the action heist genre by just, you know... Um, by just having music playing in the background and just editing the music to the beat and making the music part of the story, yeah. it just separates it from other typical heist films. Yeah. It's like, you know, when Ocean's Eleven first came out, that was just, everyone was like, this is amazing because this yeah. is just like such a it's different, different. It's yeah. different. And this is what this film is. This is, it's so different and it's just so refreshing as well. Mm. Great soundtrack. Agreed. Mm, very good. Mm. Number three, Get Out. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. I did enjoy that. So Get this Out. This is a horror movie, isn't it? Well. Eh, thriller. I'd call it psychological thriller. But okay. Get Out is a, um, it's written and directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, those blokes. Yeah. So, basically, I think this film is the most original film that yeah. came out in 2017 with the most original concept. So, basically, a quick plot synopsis of it is basically um, this black boyfriend, go, this black guy um, agrees to go to his visit his white girlfriend's um, parents. Yeah. They're all Caucasian. And basically, over this weekend, he begins to find out some stuff. And, you know, of course, um, you know, just total, everything just goes down the drain. Like, yeah. bits start to unravel, and there's a whole wider kind of thing going on here. That's like, I know I didn't do great with grammar explaining that. But, um, yeah, <laughs> so that's it, how it goes. Yeah. I'm assuming the fact that you've highlighted that oh, he's yeah. black and she's white. I. It touches on themes of racism. It and does very well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this film, he prov Jordan Peele provides a script that is very, it's part horror. It's not very. It it plays on the tropes, kind of as like a little bit like it did. Yep. Okay. Um, it's more a psychological thriller. I think this is the big part, yeah. but it also blends comedy as well. It, yeah. This film is hilarious at some points. Have um, you seen this one, Andrew? Yeah. Okay. And it speaks very smartly on. Um, it has very smart racial commentary. Yeah, and it speaks okay. very interestingly on race issues in, um, in America. And I can't speak highly enough of its um, originality. I yeah. think this should win Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. Really? It's, yep. it's, cool. it, it's between this and Lady Bird. It's just very original. When, Which, I when I first watched it, I was just like, that is a great concept. Yeah. That is okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So that's, that's three. Yep. Number two. Number two. This War for the Planet of the Apes. Wow. That's your number two? Yeah. Wow. Mm, okay. This film... When I first watched this film, I didn't see it in the cinemas, which I was spewing about, so I had yeah. to wait for it to come out on DVD. But this film actually surprised me and floored me at how good it was. Hmm. Really, it really did. Because, you know, I, I enjoyed 
um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. I, I liked Dawn of the Foot of Planet of the Apes, but I loved this film. Mm. I didn't expect it to be as captivating, as emotional, and as complex as it is. Yeah. Which is quite funny because this film, is, of course, is called War for the Planet of the Apes. But on the outside, n- no really war kind of happens in this film. No. If, you, if you really okay. want to look at it, there's a war between humans. And mm. unfortunately, the monkeys are just kind of caught in the middle. Yeah. Apes. Caesar killed a guy for calling him a monkey. That was <laughs> um, But the real war here is kind of um, internally yeah. very much a war between Caesar going, you know, back to his animalistic instincts or... Um, adhering to his intelligence now. So basically, yeah. for a quick plot synopsis, is um, the apes um, and humans have been at battle since the end of Dawn. Um, and basically what happens is the humans go on a raid on Caesar's kind of um, secret base in the forest. Yeah. Um, they go for a raid and they um, kill Caesar's wife and um, son. Elder son. Not El- his, elder son, yeah. Not, elder not son. his young son. And then from there, Caesar's just completely fed up. He, you know, he, he was showing mercy to the humans, but... That kind of flipped the switch, and he's like, "No, that's no it. more." And what's interesting is this focuses almost entirely on the through the apes' point of view. Mm. So we only get to we only follow the apes. We see the humans through the apes' point of view through Caesar. Yeah. But this script is so emotional, um, and extremely complex in terms of character decisions and character death. It's yeah. just it was it, it a lot more. Com- I had to wrap my head around it, but when I finished watching it, it was just like the, the ending. Yeah. The ending's what blew my mind. The ending is very good, yeah. and just the decisions that they emotional. have to make. Yeah. yeah, it's so emotional. I mean, it's got parallels to like race prejudice, dehumanization, yep. and as Jesus, it sounds the importance of family and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love how they have approached these apes films because obviously these are a bit of a sci-fi icon in terms of mm. like film, and. It could have just been so rubbish. Now, I, I unfortunately haven't actually seen the second and third. Of, so, I haven't seen Dawn or War because mm. I never got around to seeing Dawn in the cinemas. So, okay. that's why I never saw War. Yeah. I'm basically waiting for them to come out on Blu-ray. But, yeah, like their their approach and from everything that like you've told me, Zach, and mm. you've told me, Andrew, is that they have just, from what was very much a kind of like a pulp fiction, like, ah, uh, apes everywhere they've mm. turned to this very intelligent mm. deep character driven story so props yeah. to matt reeves as yeah, well he well did done. a very good job with this and dawn yeah. and i have to say the visual effects in this film are amazing mm. yeah i think it's stunning i think they should get the oscar not blade runner controversial but, mm. you know, no I, I would i would agree with that the, the visual yeah. effects, the are, visual effects stunning. are stunning like i didn't of course i knew it was a movie but I never thought when I was watching The Apes, which you are watching through the entire film, oh, they're fake. Like, yeah. I was never drawn out of the experience. Yeah. yeah. I was so captivated and so invested. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Num- number one. What number do Number one is Dunkirk. What? My number one is Dunkirk. Good. Dunkirk, Dunkirk. I love this film. This Nolan's war epic is just... Uh, it's beautifully shot, and I think it's... I go to far as to call it a masterpiece that has few words in it. I love this film. Hmm. Yeah. I think the subtlety of this film and the, the way that it chooses to focus on the everyday realities of war, mm. like standing around, you know, um, pl- planes come in and shoot troops standing up. Oh, get down, get down, get down. Some guys get killed. All right, stand up. Everyone back in line. Just yeah. the everyday reality of war I feel like was more hard hitting than some of the violence in some other really violent war films. It was just really confronting. Um, you know, and then you've got, you know, soldiers picking up, um, you know, they're burying a dead man and then taking his clothes afterwards and drinking yeah. his water and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, of course the narrative that Tyson mentioned, um, the way he intertwined that was, I think really well done. Um, mm. and it was a good way to keep this film interesting. It wasn't just a by the numbers war film where we're cutting to the people on the beach and cutting to the people on the um, ocean, which they are doing in the film, but the whole narrative, you know, one week ago, one day, one hour, that just made it a whole lot more interesting. Mm, yeah. Um, the use of sound and music in this film is amazing. Really just transports you there to the beaches. You need to watch this, I reckon, on like a surround sound system. Yeah. It's just yeah, brilliant. And of course, um, the practical effects used here, as Nolan is because he loves practical effects. Yeah. Brilliant. And actually, like, used warships to blow up. It was crazy. Very good. Um, Hans Zimmer, yeah, his music was fantastic. So yeah, yeah, that is my top five. Top five: Disaster Artist, Baby Driver, Get Out, Dunkirk. There you go. So that's top five, 2017. Mm, Interesting. Wow. Okay, yeah. Andrew, top five for 2017. What have you got for us? So coming in at number five. Yep, 
along with you, Zach, Baby Driver. Yes, nice. Which we've mm. uh, already spoken about, which is good. Mm. <laughs> we don't need to really go too no. much more into depth with that. No. Soundtrack, phenomenal. Oh, oh, you, yeah. That's the first when you say Baby Driver to me, I don't even think about the action, the acting, the dialogue, it's mm. the music straight yeah. away and how it fits perfectly into mm. that movie yeah. with every single song attached to every single scenario. It's mm. fantastic. Like it just doesn't stop. No, it doesn't stop. Like As soon as they put a song on to what's happening in the movie, you're just like, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense for that song to be there and mm-hmm. placed there. Brilliant action. Number four, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming neither of you two have seen, hence you didn't mention it. I I think I've seen this. But for me, it definitely comes in as one of my favorite movies of last year. John Wick 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I haven't seen this I probably yet. should have mentioned that more. I'll mention But yeah, go yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. John Wick 1 blew my mind for the whole concept of he was this amazing assassin. Everyone knows his name. Mm. Everyone knows what he's done. Mm. Everyone knows this impossible task that he did, but no one talks about it. And then this movie kind of picks up with this impossible task that he did. The person that helped him achieve that has come back to claim his favor. Mm. And John Wick's like, I'm out. I'm done. I know I came back for a brief moment, but I'm done. I'm not doing this. He's like, well, then, okay, then blows up his house. Obviously, okay. <laughs> obviously he has to come back in and look after himself more or less mm, and yeah. then it, the way the movie ends spoilers mm, yeah he there's a, like a golden rule there's this hotel where all the assassins stayed but you cannot kill on continental ground is what mm, they call it continental and this guy that is making his life a living hell the who, guy who said he has to come back you, you have to come and help me he john wick walks straight in boom blows his brains out at the end of the movie and then he's just like i have to make you excommunicado which he's got a contract on his name now and John Wick kills yeah, wow. everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it just and the movie ends with him running away. Mm. And the third one's going to pick up from there. But that so was they are doing a third one? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now, it, it was just the action, the gun shooting. Even, even his acting was pretty yeah, spot on in this, pretty, you know? Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it. So that definitely mm. made it into my top four. It's good how, how simple the story is yeah. in these films. So simple, but you're actually really interested in the world. Yeah. Because what I think works is that they don't give all the information up front in like an um, expository dump. Yeah. Like we are the continental. We are a society of assassins that live in like live throughout society. So yeah. I just like and how they're they, all over the world. As oh, well. I just love yeah. how they tease it. And it's just yeah. little. Yeah. This adds to it a whole lot more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. And number three for me, only because he's my boy, Spider-Man homecoming. Yeah. Spider-Man. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It was finally, a, for me, it was finally a good depiction of, Really? The superhero. No Toby? Really? You'd... No. Baby face Toby? <laughs> no, no baby face Toby. Like, look, what about man, the Amazings? Uh, good Spider-Man, terrible Peter Parker. Okay. Yeah. He yep. was a good and, sp- yeah. and we have actually, we've yeah, we have gone into your that. reasoning for this in yeah. our Spider-Man episode as well. Yeah. So that was up there for me. Visual effects, as always, was stunning. The storyline was actually really good. It was pretty Fresh heartfelt, take. hey? Yeah, very heartfelt, and I loved that we didn't have to see Uncle Ben die again. I was going to say, I love that the it's spider. not an origin story. Yeah, it was just kind of like, yeah, I got bit by a spider. It's dead now. And, yep. like, my Aunt May's been through enough. She doesn't need this mm. in her life. You know, it's just little things where you're just like, I know what he means. I know what he's talking about. Mm. You don't need to know and those we things. Don't have, you're right. We yeah. don't have to see Uncle Ben die on screen for the, what, the it's like, 50th you know, time. Peter, Peter Parker's parents are dead. His uncle gets shot. Batman, parents got shot. You don't, you don't need that origin story again. You know that. Yeah. It's lore, more mm. or less. Yeah. Number two. Yep. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Mm. Mm. Obviously, we don't need to say too much more about that. Yeah. Go back to the previous episode and listen to our thoughts and views. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. And then number one, Logan. That just wow. blew me away. Start of the year, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is going to be such a good year. Yeah. It was just, the, like, like we said, it was like the last hurrah, his riding off into the sunset. And, you know, it was literally balls to the wall. Get, getting his last movie in, claws yeah. through heads, blood, yeah. guts. He took a paid cut for that as well so we could get the R rating. Like Did a he? true Logan movie. I think as well it was... Logan is just so artistic, I think. Yes. It's like it's not a... Well, I mean, obviously it, it is a superhero movie. It is movie. a superhero movie, but at no point does anyone put on a costume or has a costume on. Everyone's mm. just in normal clothes doing normal stuff and they're just thrust into yeah 
you know, I think it's the same way how the Dark Knight is a superhero movie. Yeah, the yes. Dark Knight is yes. a superhero based movie, based in the real world. The Dark Knight yeah. is a neo, not neo, noir crime thriller. Logan, yeah. I feel like, is more of a western. Yeah, definitely yeah. a western. Oh, you've got this kind of rundown hero. You know, he's done some shady stuff in the past. Mm. Um, he's not already to be redeemed for that, but you know, at the end, he's obviously um, yeah. his actions mm. get redeemed and he turns character. It's very much a western. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith uh, made the claim that in the same way that people like compared all superhero movies to the dark knight mm. he reckons people are going to do the same thing to logan, to logan now. Now. for the next yeah. kind of five ten yeah. years yeah yeah that it'll be like oh you remember it like you know well it's not like logan or when logan did blah blah and i i would agree like it's just for everything we just said basically it's just so so well done yeah mm. Mm. good yeah, great. so that was my list for 2017 yep baby driver john wick 2 spider-man last jedi and logan there we go so that was 2017 that was our highlights, and obviously uh, uh, there was lots and lots of movies that came out, but we, can, we have to limit it at some point. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk now about a, a present movie, something that's just come out. Now, again, just a quick recap, we are in Australia, which means that Australia. this movie has actually only just come out, whereas, Howdy. G'day. whereas <laughs> in America, I believe, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri came out early December or possibly even mid-November. Depending mm. on where you're from. Yeah. Limited, wide release, those types of things. Yeah. But for, in Australia, it only came out mid-December, I think. Came out like, I'm pretty sure it came out New Year's Day. A oh, New Year's Day. Okay. Yep. yep. Actually, yeah, you're right. So, I am. Three Billboards Outside in Ebbing, Missouri is written directed by Martin McDonough, who mm. is known for In Bruges. In Bruges, yep. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to say it. In yeah. Bruges, um, Seven Psychopaths. Here's a screenwriter, a director, and also a playwriter as well. Mm. And this movie is about a mother person or a mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. Now that's a mm. super simple yeah. synopsis. But it's a good synopsis. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So it starts off with um Mildred, who's played by Frances McDormand. Mm. The it opening scenes is she's driving along and there are three old billboards along this road that lead into their town. So what she decides is she looks at them and they haven't been used for like 30 years at this point. Um, and she decides that she's going to um, hire them basically mm-hmm. and put, yeah. put a message to the local police department on there, which is... Was that easy for her to do, to hire them? Unfortunately, I've not seen this movie. Yeah. But um, it was easy for her to hire them and yeah, just so put she, whatever she wanted up? Well, she basically looked at the... She found the company, which is just in town. And, yeah. Oh, this is, you and know... no one questioned her on, like, why are you putting well, she, this up? Or? She went up and she, she asked, like, you know, what are the rules of putting a message on billboards? Yeah. What can't say? Yeah, what yeah, can't she say? Yeah. And um, she basically looked into the idea of, is it uh, defamation yeah. of character? Um, and she titled it in such a way... Now, I'll, I'll try and remember this. Zach, you might be able to correct me if I get it wrong. The three billboards in this order say, raped while dying... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a certain amount of time like such and such, and such months still no arrests hmm. that's the second one and yeah. the last one says how come Chief Willoughby huh. yeah and because it's just a statement of facts and asking a question it doesn't class as defamation of character so it's allowed smart. to be up there really smart mm. so yeah so I this like is that. this is how the movie starts mm. and as as we said so it it it's centered around Mildred, played by Frances McDormand. Mm. Um, Brilliantly, I might add. Yep, very well done. And how she, her daughter is, as we've just said, she's been murdered and they haven't found the culprit mm. and she's very angry about the whole process. Mm. So it also stars, uh, or co-stars Sam Rockwell as Dixon, mm-hmm. um, who is a police officer, and Woody Harrelson as Chief Willoughby. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? I look on the whole, I liked it. Yeah, okay. I walked out of the movie re- having really enjoyed it, mm. and it was only after I listened to uh, n- another review where they, this group of people, it was uh, pop culture happy hour, and they didn't like it, mm-hmm. and they had all these reasons why, and I kind of listened to it, and I went you know what, I don't necessarily disagree with you. And it's kind of put me in two minds. Now, okay. on the whole, I still think that I like the movie. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie think? as well. No, I really did. 
I really did enjoy it. It's um, it balances kind of good dark humor, which Martin McDonough obviously does well, yep. um, with some very dark and some very serious and confronting kind of subject matter. Um, yep. but I feel like um, he balances it well in a way that um, you're not too confronted as the viewer. Um, yeah. I feel like he, it's not like you're, it's a bad balance where you like flip. That was a lot to process. I feel yeah. like there's just enough levity here. Yeah. And Cause I, think, I feel like this film is ultimately, it's about, you know, reflection on past actions. I feel like yeah. it's the center of this, of this film is reflecting of what has happened in the past, how that defines you mm. um, as a person, but then also um, consequences of actions as well. Yeah. I, I think it becomes very obvious where that Martin McDonough is a playwright. Okay. Because there are certain characters that do serve quite a symbolic purpose. But mm-hmm. getting back to what you say, there I think there's there's a lot of reference to some really, really dark mm. um themes. Yeah. But in terms of what happens on screen, you're mm-hmm. right. I think there is a there's a level of like not not reserve, but it's I think as you said, it's just the right amount. Yeah. For you to... And not for it to become too just kind of like, okay, I just need to like... Yeah, like not too violent or anything mm. like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about it. Well, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to say spoiler-free at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like this script is very... Well, one of the appeals is that is the, um, the script doesn't go ways that you would think. Like yep. um, it's not like as a drama, you obviously think with this kind of subject matter that, you know this will happen, this will get revealed, you'll see this and this. But the script actually doesn't necessarily do that, mm, which I feel yeah. like is really enjoyable and really refreshing. Yeah, I, I will agree with you like there. There's... there's certain scenes where you think, oh, I know how this is going to go. And then, bang, it goes like directly another way. And, you're, yeah. and then the scene's just done. And it opens up whole new possibilities. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to stop just guessing and just watch the film now. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, there are, there's a lot of um, nuance in the film mm. that... And this this is what some people do criticize about it is there's lots of there is a lot of stuff that is just kind of left or it's a little bit odd. One thing that I think you might need to um, take into consideration watching this movie is that, as I said, there are a lot of characters that are symbolic because this movie is based in reality, but there are certain elements that aren't realistic. Okay. Um, let me give you a. Uh, an example where um, there is there, one of the big scenes of the movie is um, Sam Rockwell's character Dixon, who's going through this uh, very emotional upheaval. He uh, he basically is extremely violent, but it's this one big, long, single take mm. um, across a road, up into a second story, down again. The whole works, and at the end of it, there's one guy who like. At, the very last scene basically pulls his jacket aside and he's wearing a police badge. Mm. And I kind of go, well, if he's police, how come he just watched that happen? Mm. No, I did think that as well. So it's elements like that where it's like, okay, that's not realistic, Mm -hmm. but it's the, the symbolic nature behind it. And look, maybe not being in America and not, um, yeah, being within like that. Not being within that, that culture and that, maybe I can say... Not saying that police just watch idly by while people... No, 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 yeah. no, not, not saying at all. Mm. But the... Yeah, maybe just being a little bit step removed from that, I can look at it a bit more symbolically. Maybe mm-hmm. if I was a American citizen, I might not say yeah, the same yeah. thing. But Yeah, I think another point with this film is has great performances in it and yes. great character arcs as well, particularly Sam Rockwell's character arc. Very... Very satisfying, very moving for the character. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, Sam Rockwell actually... Well, this this um, movie cleaned up at the Golden Globes. It, it won Best Motion Picture Drama, mm-hmm. Best Screenplay in yep. a Motion Picture, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama um, for Frances McDormand, Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, which was Sam, Sam Rockwell, yep. and then was also nominated for Best Director and Best Original Score. Mm. So it won... What's four. That, four. Four out of six. Four out of six. Yeah including Best Motion Picture. Yeah. Now, do you think they're deserved? And do um, you think it'll replicate that kind of uh, streak at, at the Oscars? At the Oscars. I don't... Th- Look, 
I think the film was deserving. I feel like I'm not too fast. Of course, I would have loved Dunkirk to win, but that's just <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, I feel like in terms of the acting, they're totally deserved. I would agree with you. There. I think in screenplay, um, very close. That script is. I think how um how unsuspecting it is, and how great the character arcs are in that film. I think it's very deserving. But I feel yeah. like in terms of screenplay this year, you've got quite a bit of competition with like Lady Bird and you've got Get Out, um, Molly's Game, Call Me By Your Name. Lots of really good writing this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can go past that. For best motion picture drama, um, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't think as much as I've seen some of the other films now. Yeah. But I can, if it, I can totally pass at the Golden Globes. I don't think it'll win Oscar. At all. Okay. I think I think Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell will win Oscars. Okay. Um, but I don't think they'll win um Best Original Screenplay. Um, I don't think they'll win Best Motion Picture. I feel like Best Motion Picture is going to be either um Shape of Water, Dunkirk, or Call Me by Your Name. It's just not an it's just not an Academy Awards movie enough. Mm. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. the Golden Glo- the Foreign Press Association are very kind of like will um will give it to like the, kind of the most daring film like they'll give it to that with the Oscar yeah. the Oscars kind of are giving it to the film with I feel like the most buzz and yeah, the, okay. the film that they feel suit like the very kind of yeah it's hard to explain the academy niche which yeah, is a bit the, hard the to... academy niche yeah. I feel like yeah do you think it will make it into the nominations nominations yes it'll get nominated yeah. it'll get nominated look I think one of the highlights of this movie is it's writing mm. which some people may not agree with um, but I think I think it it shows that as I've said this before I think it shows that Martin McDonough is a playwright and that idea where in theatre you have a lot of characters that are sometimes they serve a symbolic purpose only yeah, yeah. and like there are some key characters in this like for instance the um the the woman who works in the gift shop with yep. Mildred yep um a black lady who gets arrested she mm-hmm. she does very much serve almost a symbolic yeah. role. Um, the guy that comes into town who's very menacing, mm-hmm. he serves a very symbolic role. Um, even the ex-husband's new girlfriend, mm-hmm. and even to an extent the ex-husband, mm-hmm. they are very symbolic roles. They provide like a certain moral leaning towards a certain way. Yeah, okay. But really the whole story is centered around... Um, Mildred, Mildred and Sam Rockwell. And Sam Rockwell. Mm. And Woody Harrison bit. A little bit. Yeah, see, Woody Harrelson is an interesting one. And this yeah. is where I think we might get into spoiler territory. Yeah. Okay. So, if you haven't seen this and you're planning on it, then pause. Okay. So, Woody Harrelson's character commits suicide fairly early on. I'd say like the first quarter of the film. Yep. Yeah. He did it. And that is the main vehicle for this movie. Would you agree with that? Main vehicle? Because I would say for certain characters, like Sam Rockwell's character arc, it yeah. is the main vehicle. Um, I don't think it's the main vehicle for Mildred at the start. Her main vehicle is her daughter was raped and murdered. At the start, yes. But yeah. once it happens, she is taken in a very different way. She is. She's taken way. in a different way. Mm. Yeah, look. Okay. okay. Be- yeah. So like Sam Rockwell's character, especially. So what happens is that Woody Harrelson's character commits suicide, which makes me angry just because he has a wife and two kids and like I get his reasonings but they're still very selfish but anyway and he writes all these letters that get given to people and it's what instigates Sam Rockwell's character to have this change of heart and and everything from a very kind of police brutality type person yeah, from a who very racist is referred to in town as oh it's commonly you know in town people say oh have you been um, torturing more black people that type of stuff like yeah. he's got that kind of past it, behind yeah him. it's referred to that he did torture a black person in custody at one point because because of his race yeah um but yeah so then he writes all these letters and Sam Rockwell has this big change of heart and it leads him to have this very defining scene where he basically puts his own safety on the line in order to get some information about Mildred's daughter's case. Yeah. And a lot of people think that's very undeserving. Okay. That uh, redemptive story. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, well, I guess the real question is, can anything really redeem him from being a racist torturer? I don't think anything can redeem him as a character for what he did, but in terms of this film, that's his character arc. I yep. feel like we can't just have that character sitting, being that character 
the whole film. I mean, you obviously can, but it's not going to be a very mm. interesting film or an interesting character, is it? I feel like it's film one-on-one. Every character needs to have some sort of arc of sort, no matter how simple or how complex. So yes. I feel like they need to have something to do. That's why we have a film, because the characters need to do something. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, they, it wouldn't be the same film without it, of course. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Look, I like it. As I said, there's... I, it's yeah, it's an interesting film to talk. It is about. an interesting film to talk about. I wish we had more time on it, yeah. um, but we do have to. We do have to move along. So, go see it definitely. Yeah, three really go see three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I think you should go see it, and we would love to hear your opinions on it. Just because it is such a complex, deep, symbolic, not really sure where you sit on it kind of movie. Mm. Yes, there we go. There we go. Cool. All right. Top film, top anticipated films of 2018. Yep. So, Into the Future, as Zach just said, top films for 2018. Zach, why don't you start us off? I will. I've only got one. Wow. I've only got one. <laughs> I've only got one. Oh, sorry. I've, I've already, I've already right. guessed it. I've already guessed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to say right off the bat here, Infinity War is not on my list because it's Infinity War. Like, okay. How can it not be on your list? Or, so, here's you're my it's, reason. It's kind of a given? It's a given. Okay. Like, yeah. for any person who's seen any Marvel film ever, of course, inf- you're looking forward to Infinity War. Yeah. Like, it's a culmination of, like, the last 10, 11 years. It's a, it's a decade of movies. A decade. Yeah. Of course, I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. It's just not making my list because of that reason. That's like, it. We're not inviting him. Shunned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still invited. <laughs> Don't worry. I still really want to see it. I'm just thought, for the purposes of this episode and this list. Mm. Okay. Yep. No, yeah. that's, that's well, fair enough. Just reason. to keep it fresh. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Number five, Untitled Deadpool sequel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's on top there for me. Yeah. Okay. So this, um, of course, I loved the first Deadpool. I thought it was hilarious. Um, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool was just like... It's perfect. Oh, perfect. It was like born to play yeah. that character. Yeah. yeah. Um, what really interests me though, and I'm, we've talked a little bit about this because Tyson just brought this up, um, but the film is um, obviously Tim Miller, director of the first one, isn't here rumored because of apparently he wanted to go to a bigger budget he wanted a bigger budget i've made this film on a small budget the first one give me my payday give me more money but apparently ryan reynolds wanted to keep it in that small budget running gun like let's try and make it a lot with little amount of money for that kind of um yeah. that kind of running gun feel and of course that's what led to miller to get the door from fox essentially so i'm interested to see um that kind of same style again and how they kind of improve upon the Deadpool formula as well. I didn't know that was... Mm. I thought it was more... <laughs> rumoured. Rumoured. I thought it was I more sto- story-wise. Yeah, I feel... Yeah, I heard that as yeah. well. That apparently, he wanted to go more traditional, big-budget mm. superhero. But Ryan Reynolds wanted <laughs> yeah. a more comedy. No? Yeah, well, I thought it was... Interesting. One of them wanted more action and one of them wanted more comedy. Mm-hmm. I think they couldn't come to agreement on which mm. they wanted more of instead of yeah. just going with what they already brought us mm. someone wanted more of one thing and someone wanted more of another thing what yeah. would you rather give me the same just a new story new but, story okay, fresh let's, let's say it has to go one way has to go more comedy or more action or not not necessarily more action but more like comic book style the comedy is always going to be there because he's always going to have something to say even during the action yep. so probably a little bit more action then okay. like, a little bit more because one of the main reasons he kept forgetting his bag in the movie was because there was budget cuts. So he didn't have all those guns <laughs> and bombs and all that. So that let's, is awesome. So let's have, very good. let's have some more action. Okay. Mm-hmm. Zach? Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah, I'm down for more action. I think the comedy is pretty spot on. It's so funny. It's yeah. just a great so, yeah. I would I would rather have more of that action comic book style because he is, he is such an underrated character in the comic mm. books. Like mm. he, and he's not underrated. That's what I'm saying. Like He's still big, but... There's something about the Deadpool character that he is just so well designed that I would I would want more of that rather than more comedy. Mm. But anyway, and you know, plus the whole I'm expecting it to be extremely meta with the whole way how DC is just yep. like failing at a universe now. Um, the fact that Disney just bought Fox, you know, I expect it to be kind of little things, yep. hints in there. I mean, same writers as well. Um, David Leotich I've mentioned before on the podcast he's directing it directed Atomic Blonde co-directed John Wick yeah okay so the action I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot yeah interesting okay so that's coming out in flippity doo May 18th May there you go yep. May's a big month for us in Australia mm. good Deadpool Han Solo Infinity War mm. alright you actually excited for Han Solo oh uh, yeah it's not my list but <laughs> yeah. we'll see okay um, number four 
Annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a poster for okay. this. I what's it about? You're gonna remind okay, me. Okay, so this is written and directed by a guy called Alex Garland. Yeah. Now Alex Garland did a great film called Ex Machina, which starred Oscar Isaac, John Howe Gleason, and Alicia Vikander, which was about um Dom Howe Gleason basically going to billionaire Oscar Isaac's home where he is basically building this super intelligent, super That's realistic right. AI. I saw that, yeah. Great film. I really liked it. And what's Annihilation about? This is very kind of very secretive. So the synopsis here according to IMDb is a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the That's... laws of nature don't apply. With um Natalie Portman? Yes. Yes, I have heard about this. This looks really oh, no, interesting. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the trailer. Natalie this looks Portman, very interesting. Tessa Thompson, Oscar yep. Isaac, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Benedict Wong. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yes, this looks very interesting. Something about mm. how they find this kind of utopia in the South American yeah, jungle. Yeah, this weird kind of... But then everyone who goes there and comes back dies. Yeah. So and it's so it's trying to work out. Yeah. It's kind of weird monsters in there. I don't know. It looks like a really interesting, intriguing sci-fi film. Yeah. Of course, not a lot to say on it because there's not a lot to say on it in yep. terms of plot character. Um. The visual effects, though, particularly look quite interesting, quite stunning. Yep, so that's my number four. Very quick. Yep. Sorry about that. All right. Number three is actually a Netflix original film. Interesting. But don't let that stop you there. This is called The Irishman. This is called The Irishman. All right. The so this Irishman. Is, um, I don't think I've heard about this. No, so this is directed by Martin Scorsese. Really? Martin Scorsese directing this. Get this, and it stars Al Pacino. Okay. Robert De Niro. Joe Pesci. They're kind of and Harvey Cattell. Wow. Okay. So this is um, a gangster film. So this is about a mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. So it's a biography. It's a crime drama, um, but another kind of gangster film. And what I'm pumped about this is is that um I love Scorsese's gangster films. Yeah. Casino, Goodfellas, The Departed. I love them all. And this is kind of you know get all all the gang back together you got Al Pacino yeah. Robert De Niro Joe Pesci literally like the gang is like back together getting the band back together for this whole kind of team so um, I, I'm just pumped for this um, wow. no trailers have been released yet I hadn't even heard about this no. I didn't know Martin Scorsese was working with Netflix at all I think it's really good for Netflix that Martin Scorsese is working with them yeah um, pumped for this film not a lot to go on as well um, no trailers a couple of photos but yeah I'm just pumped because I love Scorsese gangster films he's yeah. One of those directors where almost all of his films are just massively successful. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Yep. We've talked about it before. Is Isle of Dogs. Wes yes. Ander- yes. Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Wes Anderson's film. Um, the stop motion animation film. Um, I've talked about it already before. You can listen to it back on our previous podcast. I believe it was Kingsman, maybe. Uh, I'll look it up. You keep going. Yeah. Um, basically, it centers on these dogs that can talk. Um, and basically, um, dogs have overridden Japan. Yes. Episode um, six, Kingsman ep- episode. Memory. Was dogs. They Very good. Overridden Japan. Um, and basically, they all live now on this kind of trash island. Um, can I interject? Yep. Sorry to break regime, but I have to leave, my friends. That's okay. So, I'm sorry, Andrew. Goodbye, listeners. And And thank you for listening. I'm very pumped for Infinity War. I'm sure these two will maybe talk about it in depth. We will, in your absence. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love you both. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Sorry, Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Basically, dogs are over in Japan. They're putting on a trash island. Um, But this one Japanese boy goes to the trash island to find his dog. Um, But the typical Wes Anderson crew um, is here. Edward Norton, Bill Murray. Yep. Um, Meryl Streep, all those gang. I'm really looking forward to this movie. Really nice stop motion animation. Think Fantastic yep. Mr. Fox, but that type of animation. Looking forward to it. Number one for me is The Incredibles 2. Really? The Incredibles 2? The Incredibles 2 is my most anticipated movie of the year. I, I, I'm excited about this, but wow, number one. Man, I love The Incredibles. <laughs> I love everything about The Incredibles. All right, tell me why Incredibles is top of your list. Incredibles 2? Because I've waited so long for a sequel for The Incredibles. And be- because Brad Bird is returning as a writer yep. and director, all the original voice cast has returned, minus the kid who voiced Dash, because he's gotten too old, of course. Puberty hit him. Uh, okay. That's yep. why. Um, but, and that old all, chestnut. Yeah, the old chestnut. But particularly that this film picks up exactly what the last one left off. Last one. Left really? Off. Like yep. the Ex- same scene? The okay. same scene. Wow. Okay. According to Brad Bird. Um, I just, man, I love The Incredibles. The film. <laughs> I grew up on that film. Oh man, just the music, 
just the story. It's such a good story, and the um the Fantastic Four dynamic. Um, yeah, I love the first Incredible. So I'm pumped out of my mind for the second one. I uh, look, I love the first Incredibles as well. Mm. I am super excited about Incredibles two. Yeah, I think I'm just holding reservations at the moment just because it's a sequel and you're always kind of like, is it going to be as good? Yeah, true. Look, I, I have faith. True. I have faith as well. I have faith that it's going to be amazing. I probably should let my expectations down a bit. Because <laughs> last time my expectations were this high, it was for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice and that got let down yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, that got let down like a lead balloon. Yeah, but nah. Incredibles 2. Oh, man. Mm, interesting. Oh, okay. That's, yep. that's quite a list. Mm. Um, I have four movies, which I think are very kind of mainstream. And yep. then one that I'm not sure if you've heard of or not, but okay. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yep. So, let's start off super briefly. This, yep. uh, this is not in any particular order, but let's start off super briefly. Avengers Infinity War. Yep. So. Just the culmination of a decade of Marvel films yep. all leading up to this point. Apparently, they're also... Uh, I heard this analogy the other day, yep. which I thought was very, very um, astute. Mm-hmm. And it was saying that Marvel isn't making movies. Mm-hmm. They're making a massive series. Like a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> which I kind, of, I kind of liked because yeah. it was kind of this idea that Kevin Feige, who's the, the, the lead of the Marvel adaptations, yep. Yep. he kind of is the showrunner, yep. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, sorry. And then you've got... Each kind of movie is like an episode. Yeah. And you've got some good episodes mm-hmm. and you've got some bad episodes. Obviously, the the first episode of the season, Iron Man, mm-hmm. number one, yep. is a big opener and everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, those, like in America where they've got sweeps weeks where they put yep. all the money into those episodes. Those okay. are like your Avengers hey. 1, Avengers Civil 2. War. Yeah, and Civil War. And you've got some of the episodes that are a bit kind of lackluster, like mm-hmm. Thor 2. Yep. But then you think of... Infinity War as the season finale. Yeah. Part one. Yeah. I... Episode nine. Yeah. (laughs) I like this analogy because it kind of gives you that ebb and flow of a season and Mm. it marks Infinity War as the the end of the season and where lots of things are going to change. Yeah. The whole universe will change. Apparently, they are killing off a number of characters. I reckon Iron Man and Captain America will die. That's my prediction. If not in an Infinity War in the next one that's coming out next year. So Infinity War, yeah, Infinity War 1 and whatever they call number 2. Yeah. It's not what's even the, Infinity War 2. It's like that's, this, yeah, yeah, it's got a completely new name now. Yeah. What's, it's, what's the time frame between those two? A year. A year? Yep. So I, I don't think I knew that. I'm pretty sure they just finished shooting the fourth wow. one. Or even they're just about to start finishing. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm, um, I need to lower my expectations for this film just because it's um it's like the part one of a part two. Yeah, I feel like I I could be proven wrong though. Look, I I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't have the hugest expectations. I'm mm. excited. Yeah, but I'm not like yeah. waiting with bated breath. Which is me with Marvel now. I feel like when it came to Civil War, I was excited. I was at the I'm in the mind frame now where I'm like another Marvel movie. Okay, I'll just have to go see that one. Yeah. Which Me I'm not too. sure if that's speaking to a little bit of fatigue, but I feel like every Marvel film I come out of, I'm like, that was enjoyable. I enjoyed yeah. that. You know. Yeah, I think they do kind it, of paint by numbers a bit. Well, especially with the saturation of the superhero genre as a whole. As yes, well. yeah, I, I will agree with that. There's, there are so many superhero movies out there now. It's not like when Iron Man first came out or The Dark Knight came yeah. out of the cinemas. It was like, even with Star Wars now, we're getting a Star Wars film every year, that type of thing. Yeah, which It's no is longer insane. kind of a big kind of you know, big move, like, oh, superhero film. I haven't seen one of those in three, five years. Like, now it's yeah. kind of like, all right, we're getting three Marvel films a year, two to one DC movies a year, that type of thing. Yeah. Which, again, I think, I think it speaks yeah. more to that idea of, like, a TV show, almost, like a big yeah. TV show. Mm. Anyway. Yep. I, yeah, I'm It's a standard. It's a standard. It's honestly, it honestly, for me, is a standard. Yeah. Like, coming out another year... Another three Marvel movies to be excited and to go see about. Yeah. And to be excited one, about and go see. One of which I'll give... This is not on my list, but honorable mention to Black Panther. Oh, I'm pumped. 
I I'm super excited about that. In mm. a similar, for, sorry, for similar reasons about why I liked Wonder Woman. Mm. It's that kind of even Guardians. How that was different and fresh. Or, or oh yeah, not I, even I get fresh, what you mean. But the yeah, idea yeah, of like yeah. a you know a black superhero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, it's like a black movie, black yeah. director, yep. black superhero. That whole thing I think mm. will be very, very. I think it'll bring a new, mm. um, a new freshness to Marvel. Yep. which I think will kind of take the staleness out a bit. It will, a little bit, which is good. Mm. Marvel knows when to bring freshness in. And yeah. they're smart in the way that they've realized that they can't just keep bringing the same cookie-cutter movies. Yes. They yeah. need to change them up. Sorry, I'm about to... They need to change them up and make sure they keep it fresh to keep the viewer to keep coming to the yeah. cinema mm. to bring them money. Yes. Sweet. All right. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Um, next, I'm... Again, these aren't in any particular order for the future. Okay. Um, the Shape of Water. Mm, yes. Now, this is a movie that I am so excited about, mm. partly because Guillermo del Toro. Yep. <laughs> and partly because it, again, looks like a technical masterpiece in filmmaking yeah. as well. Yeah. It looks like that it is, it is very well shot. Mm. It looks like there is a lot of effort into the type of camera angles and the editing that is taking place. The production the, design looks amazing. Yeah, and the dialogue. And I'm, I think it'll be very interesting to see how they um, portray someone who is mute and that interaction because obviously it won't be spoken and how that kind of happens now yeah, to move the story along. Yeah, longer. exactly. Yeah. So, and then just that whole, um, mm. that connection then with something very yeah. fantastical. Yes. That's a real word. Fantastical. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. With, this, fantastical. with this beast. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited. It mm. is getting absolute rave reviews. Yeah. Um, it is currently out in Australia. Yes, it is. It came out, I think, two Thursday. days ago. Thursday, yep. Yeah, so we're recording this, and it's a Saturday, so it came mm. out a few days ago. Yep. Um, so I'm kind of sneaking this in at the future. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> yeah. It's a, little, it's a cheeky little sneak in. It is a cheeky sneak in, but yep. that's how excited I am for it. I want to mention it again. There you go. Okay, another one. Yep. A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yep. This film I did a future on. I am... So Super excited about this. Really? Super yeah. excited. Why I, is that? Well, I think... Okay. Hmm. I was super excited about Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah. For similar reasons about why I'm super excited about Wrinkle in Time. And Tomorrowland, yeah. I really enjoyed. I didn't mind it as well. Lots of people didn't, though. Yeah. Which I, I can see why they didn't. Yeah. But yeah. A Wrinkle in Time looks like it's going to be this big Disney epic like sci-fi fantasy mixture, that whole thing. Just a mind blender. Yeah. And I don't know. It, the trailers just make me really excited because it's got this kind of lighthearted touch mixed with this very dark element yeah. with great visual effects that we've seen so far. Visual effects, even the aesthetics of some scenes. Yeah. Like- and, and also, again, we get down to this technical aspect, like some of the camera angles and their use of just that scene in slow motion where like people are like, flying in front of the camera and she's still and it's a slow yeah. um, dolly up towards her. Mm. Things like that. They're yeah. different. Yeah, all of that I'm just really excited about <clears throat> because it looks like they aren't keeping to a cookie cutter mold. That is, and getting back to Marvel, that's my biggest kind of annoyance mm-hmm. with Marvel at the moment is they're technically not very interesting. Technically? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like right. they're not taking, they're not having super interesting camera angles. They're not mm-hmm. having like crazy editing, mm-hmm. generally speaking. And, and like they're not having these big film scores that, yeah. that are very much parts of the movie in the same way, in the way that Dunkirk has their score and their sound design, mm. which is incredible. I feel like those films are very far and few in between. It takes one to kind of kick, kickstart them, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It takes one to start them. Yeah. So for those reasons, I think that Wrinkle in Time looks like they are... And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. they aren't being very experimental and mm-hmm. it's just the trailer that makes it look that way. But yeah. it looks like it's going to be... We'll meet the first time. Well, yeah, that's true. Oh, again, tomorrow, Land. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wrinkling time. Very excited about it. Yep. Okay. Uh, second last one. Ready Player One. Yep. Oh, flip. Yeah. Steven Spielberg that. getting yeah. his crazy I am a legend in filmmaking <laughs> game face on and yeah. bringing... The Iron Giant next to the DeLorean, next yeah, to yeah. Akira, next yeah. to 
uh, Harley Quinn and Deadshot, yeah, 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 yeah. like all of this into this big epic mm. video game movie. This I mean, obviously it's not game. based on. Yeah, it's, it's not, not based, based on a video, video game. game sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but um, I just love how this will be like because this literally the premise of this movie of this book it's based on is to find an Easter egg in a game. Yeah. So I just kind of laugh at that and think about how many Easter eggs that there'll be in this film. Mm. I th- I am very excited about this. But I even, cannot... Yeah. Sorry, just, go on. Sorry, just him playing in his heyday. Just like all mm. of the all of those things, they're very 80s, very yes, 90s. Yes, exactly. That's which what is, I was say. Which was his heyday. Like, it's yeah. literally like him going back to his past where he introduced the world to action-adventure epics like Indiana Jones, but then... Sci-fi like Encounters of the Third Kind. That's the seventies, but ET yeah. and stuff like that. It's I very much. I cannot think yeah. of a better director. Oh, no for way. This movie. Yeah, and it's good that the guy who wrote the book, Ernest Clyde, actually co-wrote the screenplay. Did he? Yes. Excellent. With Zach Penn. That makes that makes me very happy. So yeah, Ready Player One. Um, super pumped about that one. Mm. I much. I don't, I'm I almost think it's going to sit up there as like a almost like a Tron. Of like this sci-fi epic, yeah, that just stands alone. Of like, yeah, I, it definitely has the potential to do it. Definitely yeah. has the potential to do it. Yeah, okay, definitely. Yeah, my very last one. Yep, it's, here we go. It's a smaller film. You might not have heard about it. Yeah, it's a. It's actually an adaptation. It's called Cargo. Cargo. Have you heard of this? Nope. So, Cargo, originally was a seven-minute short film. Okay. Australian-made short film. About the zombie apocalypse. Okay. But it is actually completely wordless. Oh, so there's, from no, start to there's finish. no dialogue. No dialogue at all. Okay. And the premise of the short film, which is also the premise of the feature film, mm. starring Martin Freeman, actually, huh. um, still made in Australia. Yep. It is about how uh, this family, this mother, father, and a small girl, like in, in the short film, she's a baby yeah, okay. still. Yep. They basically have this encounter. Mm-hmm. The mother dies mm-hmm. and the father mm-hmm. gets infected. Okay. And it's about his journey about how do I keep my daughter safe when I only have 48 hours. Wow. Interesting. Now, I will put a link to the short film in our show notes. Oh, is it in, um, is it in, is it on YouTube? I believe it is. I if know. not, I, I do have a link on my computer to its original posting. But anyway, I'll, okay. I'll find it. And I would say, like, take the time, watch this seven-minute film. It's, mm-hmm. It is brilliantly done, especially considering there is no dialogue. Yep. Um, I'm very interested to see how they adapt it for a feature-length film, but I am very excited to see how they do it. Who's, the, who's it directed by and written by? Uh, that is a good question. I'm going to quickly look it up. Australian. Ooh, excuse me. Australian? Is, is Mayor Bond Australian? Oh. Yeah, so it's um, made with uh, Screen Adelaide. I think. In conjunction Ad- Adelaide with... Adelaide Film Festival. It's probably made with the entire screen, to, you know. So yeah. It's probably made with yeah, all so of Australia. It's being made... <laughs> like every, every screen, like Screen WA, Screen yeah. South... I think it's mainly based in South Australia just by looking at it. Um, so it is, let's see, da, 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 directed by Ben Howling, okay. Ben Howling and Yolanda Ramke. Oh, so it's two people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Written by Yolanda Ramke. Now, okay. I'm... I don't know enough about the originals to... I'm just having a quick look here. Yep. Um, yes, Yolanda... Yeah, Yolanda Ramke is the original, or at least one of the original writers to the original short film. Okay. Ben Howling, mm. um, also having a quick look here. Yep. Uh, original director mm-hmm. of the short film. Okay. So, by it's the, the same, It's the same this, team. I it's think, the same yeah, creative looks, team. Okay, yes. It, it's literally beat for beat. Directed by Ben Howling and Yolanda Ramke, written yeah. by Yolanda Ramke, is the short. Okay, so and it's so the exact the, same. It's the same team, just with a bigger budget and mm-hmm. Martin Freeman as the lead. Awesome. Look. You've got me I'm, interested. I'm really excited about this because the short film in seven minutes is yeah. it's so well made. Mm. So well made. So the fact that they're turning it into a big feature length um, movie, really excited about it. Who's what... Um, like what? Who's distributing it, company-wise? That is an excellent question. Like, is it just going to be an Australian release, or will it really be released worldwide? I think that it's being released worldwide because okay. Martin Freeman 
is not a small name to no. attach to it. No. Distributed, let's see. I've got there's a distributor here for the UK, Australia, New Zealand, worldwide. And Netflix is one of the Australian distributors. Really? So like a Netflix original? Yeah, label so it as like a Netflix original film. Icon film distribution for the UK. Yep. Um, Umbrella oh, yeah. for Australia, New Zealand, and Bankside Films for Worldwide. Yeah. When's it coming out? It is coming out in Australia. I did have this. 6th of October, 2019. This says 2017. Right. Mm, well. well, there you go. There's my future. Just, uh, just gone. Um, look, it's not out yet. So it is. It will be coming out. That must be. It's. Yeah. Um, it was uh, like an original, like maybe a short film release date, or was it? Or I think it might have been the um the premiere. Okay. Um. Anyway. Cool. Cargo. Interesting. Yeah. Zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Fresh take on it. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Nice. Very excited. And that's the episode. That is it. That's mm. us done. So let us know what you. Are looking forward to in 2018. Mm. Let us know what you love the most about 2017. Mm. Uh, let us know if you think that we've missed something from our lists that mm. um, is grossly absent and yep. you think we should correct it. You can find us on Twitter at SRTW Podcast. Yep. So let us know there. We'd love to have a chat with you mm. and we'll put all these links up in the show notes as usual. Mm. Yep. And apart from that, uh, it's been great having you here. Please leave us a review on mm. iTunes. It really helps get the name out there and even if it's a negative review, just leave yep. us a review. Leave us something. Yeah. We'd love to have this uh, shared uh, around. Love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And yeah, until next time, you've been listening to Screen Review Time Warp. I'm Tyson. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Ciao. Ciao.